This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. Praise the Lord. Let's pray, all right? Father, in the name of Jesus, we're so glad to be alive today at this time in history. Father, I believe that we have a divine purpose that you've given to us, an assignment, and it's to take the wonderful, beautiful gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. And that's what we're always training and learning to do. We want to be better. So Spirit of God, who indwells us, help us today to teach, help us to hear, because we want to be equipped and to be led. And we're going to give you, Father God, all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. In Matthew chapter 13, let me just go there. I want to give you some uh, scriptures. And, uh, and uh, I know that you've probably had a lot of good teaching. And uh, when you listen to Brother Hagen, to me, he's about the best teacher on this subject that, that I know of. I remember back in uh, 1976, actually it was a year before that, I had asked uh, someone... Uh, you've heard of the uh, Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship. Have you not heard of that? Uh, when I was a new Christian, I would go to those meetings because there weren't many good churches around at that time, faith churches. Uh, but the, the head of that organization in our area, uh, he was kind of mentoring me. And so um, I asked him one day, I said, uh, I said, who is the the most uh, accurate teacher of the Word of God that you've ever heard, because he had, he had heard speakers for 20 years before that in all kinds of meetings. I said, who is the most accurate teacher? Who's got the strongest anointing? And he didn't hesitate. He said, Kenneth Hagin. And I said, who is that? And I didn't know. And so um, uh, later on in 1976, I found out that... Uh, uh, this same man came to me and he said, because uh, uh, he was encouraging me to get some more teaching and training and schooling. Um, I, I was working a very, very good job. And he, uh, he came to me one day and he said, I just found out that Rama has a, uh, that Kenneth Hagin has a Bible school and it's called Rama and it's in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. And uh, that sounded so strange to me, Broken Arrow. Um, and so uh, my wife and I decided to go. Actually, we, we packed up and we went before we'd received my acceptance letter. I just kind of felt that that was it. You know, we're, we're headed out there. And everything worked out there. But uh, I'd only heard uh, Brother Hagen speak one time before I got there. And I was, I was never disappointed in going to Ramah. Ever disappointed because Brother Hagen and the other instructors kept going back and saying things like, but what does the Bible say? Amen? You know, people can lead you astray. People can. All right? I always taught my, uh, my, the people in my church, I said, uh, if it comes right down to it, and if I'm saying something that you don't think is scriptural, I said, by all means, go with what the Bible says. Yeah. 
And so uh, that's why I believe that Brother Hagen had a very strong anointing on his life. Um, I did uh, a history class at Rama later on uh, when I was an instructor there for 12 years, and I did the history of Rama. And you probably have that as a class here at one time or another. And so I uh, was able to find some things out about Brother Hagen, and I was able to interview him. But I was absolutely astounded when he would say things that when he would get attacked in his body by something, okay? Do you want to know what the first thing he did was? The first thing he would do? He'd go get the scriptures out and start rereading the Word of God concerning healing. That's amazing. Especially when he could quote almost all of the New Testament. He could do that. He could do chapter and verse and just keep going on and on and on. But when he was in a, in a position where he was about to release his faith, what did he do? He'd go back, what does the Bible say? And so that's good when you're a student to learn that early. All right? It's good when you're a pastor for many, many years. Sometimes we just go on yesterday's bread. You know what I'm talking about? You know, yesterday's manna. But we should keep going back to the Word and, and keep building up our faith in the subjects like the authority of the believer. Amen. Amen. Because you don't want to slip. You don't want to slide. You don't want to take a vacation from the Word of God. Because you don't really know who you're going to be ministering to tomorrow. And when you pastor, one of the things that I found out that when you pastor, a lot of the emergencies that you may face seem to happen in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. You're not expecting when you get the phone call, you're not expecting to have, you know, it's not like you're able to build up, okay, to work up. Like I, I told you yesterday about going to the, uh, 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 the mental uh, hos or, uh, hospital there where my, great, or my wife's great aunt was, uh, at least I had several days to be praying in the spirit. I knew about before I was going to go. Are you listening to me? But what about something that just comes up just like this? So one of the reasons that you develop your faith is that you don't know what you have to face tomorrow. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll come back to that in just a moment. I'll share something with you that you might find interesting um, and, and give you an example of that. But let's get into this. In Matthew chapter 13, uh, starting with verse 54. Seems like my screen is really, really dark for some reason. This connection is not working real well there. It's going on and off. Here we're teaching about power, and I can't get electricity to my computer. <laughs> okay, Matthew 13, uh, verse uh, 54. And when he had come to his own country, he taught them in the synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get his wisdom and these mighty works? 
Now, you might want to underline mighty works because that is the word dunamis. That is the, where did he get the, the access to the miracle working power of God? Amen? If anyone should have had it in those days, it would have been the leaders of the synagogue. Don't you think? Yeah. But they were more interested. They were more interested in their position, in their title. All right. If you do some research on it, you'll find out that their thinking in those days was that if somebody had a lot of money, then they must be spiritual. Mm-hmm. Their thinking was is that what their position would get them an income and uh, supply for them. Do you remember when Jesus said to his disciples, you know, uh, talking about the the young man that turned away? Um, uh, what did Peter say? Peter said, who then could be saved? Is that right? Wasn't it Peter that said that? Who then could be saved? Their thinking was that if somebody had wealth, that means God was blessing them. Amen? So here you have some religious leaders that uh, they had title, they had position, they had access to the Word of God, and yet they did. it surprised them when somebody had power. Amen? Somebody that had authority. All right. Uh, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is, not, uh, uh, is this not the carpenter's son? Uh, is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James and Joseph, Simon and Judas and his sisters? Are they not all with us? When then did this man get all these things? So they were offended. Everyone say offended. Offended. They were offended at him. Amen. What happens if you deliver the word and if you go to bless somebody and you're there because you love people? Do you realize people will get offended around you? Yeah. I remember one time, um, thank you so much uh, for your help up there. Thank you. Uh, I remember one time we had a situation where um, this couple, husband and wife, came to our church. First time that they were at the church. I knew that they were, uh, uh, they just didn't look like they fit into our church. As a matter of fact, uh, in our church at that time, you had to get there early to get a back row seat. Think about it. How many know what I'm talking about? There's a lot of people who just want to be on the fringe, warm themselves by the fire, and not get too close. All right? And so, um, anyway, they got, this couple came in, and as soon as they came in, they, they were kind of looking a little wild. All right? And uh, they were just like this. They're looking all around. And so, uh, when they came in, our ushers brought them right up to the first or second row because there were seats there. And they were just like this, you know. And uh, this is just ready. The, it was just at the end of the, the worship, and and we did a couple of formalities then, and then I started teaching. As soon as I started teaching, it went from my teaching just went from the regular thing that I was going to teach. I went right over into an evangelistic message, which was easy for me to do. Okay, and as soon as I gave the altar call. You know, when I said, uh, if, you, if there are people here that want to receive Jesus and have a, have a new start in life, and these two shot up as if there were springs in the seat. 
And they just, whoop, they were up so fast. And they came up together and you know what happened. They, re, they both were saved and uh, both got filled with the Spirit. That's good. And she was instantly healed of something. I didn't even know. But I've seen this over the years. As people receive Jesus, uh, many, many times they, they receive their healing at the same time, even though we're not praying for healing. Well, that shouldn't surprise us because the same blood that was poured out of Jesus' body for our, our sins and our iniquities, the same was what? For our healing. It's called the double cure. Okay, Romans chapter 5, we talked about that yesterday, is that when you cut the cause of the curse, okay, which was Adam's sin, when that's dealt with, then sickness and disease has, has no authority over you after that. So she was healed. I didn't even know she was sick. She was healed. And then uh, one of our ushers, um, he was not a perfect man. All right. He had some things he was struggling with, but he was one of the nicest people. All right. He was a veteran. Uh, he was out of the military. He was in there for years and years. And he was in his 60s at that time. And he still looked like he was in the military. Okay. He had the military haircut. And, and, uh, but he was one of the nicest men. And he came up uh, later on to me. He says, I hope this is all right. He says, I gave them new Bibles. He says, I, I figured they didn't have their own Bibles. He says, and I gave them a couple of verses to look up. He says, but I put some money in there. I said, well, thank you, Ed. That's, that's good. That, what you did is good. And I said, well, the church will take care of whatever money you gave. We'll just... He said, no, 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 I want to give it. And he had put a $100 bill in each Bible. Okay? And uh, really helped him. Now, how many think that everybody in the church would rejoice over that? Don't you think everybody in the church would just go, hallelujah! But that was not the case. Almost all of them did, other than uh, I had uh, three families that I inherited at that church. They were in leadership before I came to that group. And uh, those three families, husbands and wives, were in my office right after church. And guess, guess what was wrong? They were offended. That's what they told me. They said, we've been here longer than anybody else, and we're believing God for healing. How can those sinners come in and be healed? And it's taken us so long. Now, I've seen this over the years. Amen? So a lot of times when things are moving and things are happening in your church, sometimes it's some of your church leaders that are just get upset. It's amazing. Amen? So don't let that bother you. All right? If they were offended by Jesus and that authority that he had, you're going to offend one or two people unless you just keep your mouth quiet for the rest of your life. But if you open your mouth, I guarantee you, Oh, and it'll probably be the religious people that'll fight you the worst. Yeah. See, our churches should be places where the, the power of God, the dunamis, should be demonstrated on a regular basis. But mostly in the area of salvation. If somebody comes in 
and this is how I taught my churches, I said, we need to be a soul-winning organization. We need to be, when, that when people come in, they're welcome, they sense the, they feel the love of God, uh, they feel important. It makes no difference what they look like. Hello? It doesn't make any difference what they look like, whether they've got money or not. It, uh, any of those things. Sometimes if, if we have a, in, in a lot of churches, if you have a dignitary come, where do they seat them? Put them in the front row. I understand honor and that type of thing. All right. But why wouldn't you take the most down and out person to the front row? And so we learned that early on, always now keep some seats open so that when people came, no matter who they were, if they were visitors, we, made, we, we had front row seats for them. Mm-hmm. But our local church should be something where the power of God... We ought not to be surprised when God does mighty things. Mm-hmm. All right, let me go down. I, I have a tendency to get on one verse and then not get very far after that. But uh, uh, they were offended at him. Uh, and then... Uh, it says, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Now he, uh, now he did not do many mighty works there. That's the word dunamis or miracles there because of their what? Unbelief. Unbelief. So right there we see things, even though the power of God. Remember when they, uh, they tore up the roof of that man's house to let somebody down because they couldn't get in any other way? It says the power of God was present to heal them. Who, was the, who were the them that they were talking about? There was leaders there, is that right? But they weren't there to receive from God. They were there to argue. A lot of people want to argue Scripture. I say believe Scripture. Receive it, believe it, act on it. Don't get offended. Because in the Word, that's, that's where the power of God is. Thank you for your enthusiasm today. In Matthew chapter 22, I'm just giving you a few verses here. Jesus answered and said to them, You're mistaken not knowing the Scriptures, nor the power of God. There's the word dunamis. I probably, in this class, I won't have time to teach on this, but... Uh, The word says that uh, the entrance of thy words giveth light. It gives understanding unto the simple. Do you realize where God's word is spoken in love and accurately? Lights go on. People want to see the glory of God in the church, and they think that that's some uh, you know, kind of glistening cloud in a service or something. Not necessarily. The glory of God can be manifested in a lot of different ways. Uh, I'll give you an example of this. Um, in the tabernacle, in the wilderness, are you familiar with the tabernacle? Have you had teaching on this? Yes. Have you? Do I have a marker up here? Beware. 
I apologize if my lines are not straight. Everyone know what that is, right? What is it? Hmm? That's the above look at the tabernacle in the wilderness. Okay? This is the, uh, this here is the outer court. This is a, a, a wall that went around there. They were moving. There was uh, parts to this wall. There are five rails to this. It's like a fence all the way around it. There were five rails around this. Okay? Um, this is the outer court. What's this? Okay. What's this? The holiest. Okay. Now, what kind of light was here? This is where the, the Ark of the Covenant was. Is that right? Okay. So, what kind of light was there? It's called the Shekinah glory of God. So, it's the God kind of light. Amen? Okay. Now, uh, there's something that was called the, the menorah. Help me out here so I can get enough uh, branches. How many more do I need? Okay. That's not too bad. Kind of looks like a spear, but anyway. Uh, this is one piece of furniture that they, uh, they don't know the, uh, the size to it. It's not listed in Scripture. Okay? Um, it was made out of pure gold. Uh, the oil that was used in the lamps had to be just the most pure oil. Um, they didn't know the size to it. And this represents the Spirit of God. Is that right? It would have to. Okay? Uh, but yet... Um, in typology, if you understand what that means, it, it, means, it can mean several things. But when we're uh, uh, in fellowship and in union with the Holy Spirit, the only places that you and I could be in this representation could be the wick. <laughs> Meaning constantly on fire. All right? And this is when, uh, do you remember when uh, the Lord started speaking to the young man? You know, calling his name. It's because this light went out. And the ministers, the priests, should have taken care of that, but they, they were falling asleep on the job. Very much like ministers do today. So who's he going to call? He's going to call younger people to, to step in. The next generation. Alright? So, but this light, even though it represents the Holy Spirit, it was in this place right here. Okay? In here also was the table of showbread. I, had, I wish I had time to teach you on that. There's some beautiful things in here. Okay? This is where the Ark of the Covenant was. This is where God's glory was. Amen? But this light is a man-made light. Who, who fashioned this? It had to have been a person to make this, uh, this candlestick. Is that right? So this is a man-made light. What we have in here is that we have man-made lights. Is that true? And yet there's another source of light represented in here in the outer court. Okay? 
You've got the sun. Is that right? You've got the moon. In other words, there's a natural light in this earth, isn't there? The sunshine. So I've just told you about three kinds of light. Is that right? Natural light. Man-made light. And God's light. Amen. What does light allow us to do? To see something. Amen. It's amazing people in the church, they want to see the glory of God, so they want, they want with these eyes to be able to see a cloud. They want some sort of a manifestation. If I had time to teach you on this whole thing, I could show you some marvelous things. Marvelous things. All right? It'd help you understand the Bible better. Because Jesus will have a glorious church. I said he will have a glorious church. Mm-hmm. But a lot, of the, a lot of people think it's right here, and they think it's right here. No, it's right here. Jesus said to his disciples, he said, Ye are the light of the world. He's talking about his disciples, and they weren't even born again yet. Because Jesus hadn't gone to the cross. He hadn't died. He hadn't risen from the dead yet. But he said, Ye are the light of the world. What kind of light are they? Were the disciples natural light? Are you the sun and the moon? Are you a man-made light? What's he talking about? You're the light of God in this earth. So when the Bible says that the entrance of thy words giveth what? Light. The word of God allows us to see things. Amen? When you go out to minister to people because of the authority that we have, because of the dominion that we do have, do you realize the most important thing that you can share with someone, whether they're saved, unsaved, sick, diseased, oppressed by the enemy? Do you realize the most important thing that can... Uh, you can do to somebody is share God's Word. Because when you put God's Word into the situation, what have you just brought into that situation? The light. And light always dispels darkness. Always dispels darkness. Amen. Did you know that sickness and disease... Is darkness? Years ago, many years ago, I was uh, uh, there was a lady that started uh, coming to our church, and she didn't have very money, uh, very much money. She was very elderly, and and she broke her glasses somehow, and she didn't have insurance to get them replaced. And we found out about it. Uh, one of her friends in the church told us about it. So um, I told her, I said, we're going to go get you some glasses. We're going to get your eyes checked and we're going to buy you some glasses. Of course, she didn't want, she go, no, 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 no. As if she was stealing from the church is, you know, how, what her attitude was. But we had a good fund, you know, a large fund of money to help people. And so we went, found a, an eye doctor, set up an appointment for her. And while I, uh, she was going in, the eye doctor came out and started talking to me. He says, I understand you're the pastor. Her pastor, I said, yes. 
And he says, well, I'm a Christian too. And he said, uh, he says, We're, I'm not going to charge you anything for my fees. He says, uh, I'm going to provide the glasses and the lenses and everything at exactly the cost, at cost. Okay, so he's not making any money on it at all. And um, he says, I want to help out with this. And he started to talk to me about some things. Now, this has been many, many years ago. And uh, he started talking to me. He was excited about the lasers, the light, that they could take lasers and pass them through the eyeball and sew up things on the back side of the eye. Well, lasers can be very, very destructive, too. It depends on where you aim the laser at for it to become a tool. And as he's talking to me, it, it felt like the anointing of God was, was coming on both of us. We both made a comment on it. And God was showing me something. That we can be, as ministers, we can aim the light of God's word into a situation Amen. I believe that when I say in the name of Jesus, sickness and disease leave or evil spirit leave, I believe that the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ shines right into that situation and deals with whatever it is. That's the kind of authority that we have. Now we have a tendency to more to want to go out and share our testimony. And there's nothing wrong with that. It does say that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Unfortunately, so many of the testimonies that I've heard over the years have no word in it. Yeah, I'd rather give them Jesus' testimony. And I've noticed over the years, while I'm teaching in classrooms... Uh, and I'm not saying this for, that you think more of me because I'm trying to lay a foundation here. Many times while teaching the word, whether it's in churches, classrooms, people have received their healing without me praying for them. Why? It's the word of God's going forth. So why should it surprise me, and we've had this happen several times, about three years ago now, I, th I think it's been about three years ago, uh, in one very small class, uh, two of the ladies uh, who were both in their 70s, uh, the one lady received a brand new heart because she had a heart attack. I didn't even know about it, but she took the word that she was being taught. I was teaching Christ the Healer. And she took that, she had a massive heart attack, and she's all by herself on the weekend, and when they took her into the hospital, you know, they, they did the x-rays, and they found out that she had all these arteries that were blocked and that. And so she's, I wasn't her pastor, I was just teaching in a class that she was in. And she, uh, when she heard how bad it was, she said, uh, wait a minute. She says, Jesus is my healer. And she started speaking the word of God to it. And they were going to have to do a massive surgery on her, bypass surgery on her heart. 
when she made her stand on the weekend after uh, they, they had done no procedures, they were going to go back in on uh, Monday or Tuesday and uh, do the surgery, but when they redid the x-ray, she had had absolutely no blockages whatsoever in her, in her heart. So she brought to me the x-ray from before and after of the same heart. And I'm looking at it and it was just, it was just amazing. You could see all these blockages and she pointed out what, you know, they're having to show up as white things. And the doctor had circled them and said, this, these are all blockages. Over here, not one single blockage. Not one single blockage. All right? And so uh, they said, as a matter of fact, they said, it appears now, we don't know what happened, they said. We don't know what happened, but it appears that you have now a heart of a young person. Now, where did I fit into that whole situation? I taught a class. I didn't pray for her. Hello? I didn't go to the hospital. She took God's word herself and believed it. But why should that surprise us? I said, why should that surprise us? It should be happening on a regular basis. The more word that you're giving to people, the more light they have. The more word that they have, okay, that like a laser will go into their life. Amen. I could just tell you so many testimonies like that, you'd just get tired of hearing them. You would. The other lady in that class, she, uh, her husband had a massive heart attack, and he was in a coma, and they said he can't live. It's been massive. He will not come back out of this. But she'd been sitting in the exact same class, and her two daughters were listening, uh, taking the class through the Internet, and... Um, they all got up to the hospital and they said, he won't last out the weekend. There's nothing he could do. And uh, the lady that was in our class, she was in her 70s. She said to her daughters, she said, you know, she says, I, I've just been, uh, been being taught on the, the uh, Jesus being our healer and that we have authority in Jesus' name. She said to her girls, her daughter, she says, let's pray and agree that daddy is going to be all right. And so they just stood around him, laid hands on him, and he came out of his coma instantly. So when they went and checked him later on, guess what they said to him? You have the heart of a young person. He never had to have any surgery. He's still alive. He's doing fine. Amen. That's good, isn't it? Now, where did I fit into all that? I taught a class on Christ the Healer. <laughs> so how could I claim anything? Like my special anointing? No, no. See, I don't like all that, that talk on that stuff. Oh, you must have some sort of... Well, Jesus is special. I'll agree with that. We've got the Holy Ghost. That's special. we got the Word of God. That's special. But it doesn't make me more special than you. I've just learned over the years. I had a funny thing happen one time. I was telling about, the, I was teaching the students on, on authority and, and uh, 
I went back and gave him an example of when I was uh, first pastoring. Uh, I had a gift of the Spirit start operating, and um, I just pointed to somebody, and they were healed instantly. That's very unusual. I said it's very unusual. A gift of the Spirit. I won't go into the details. But I was sharing that in class. And so I'm, I'm saying, my, my, my point was, is, is that I didn't even know what I was doing as a young minister. I was just teaching the Word to the best of my ability, but something manifested when I just pointed my finger like that. Now, when I was teaching them in that class at Rama and using that example, when I pointed my finger, I didn't know what was going on. I was just showing them what I did in 1977 in our first church. But in 19, it must have been 1996 or 97, right around in that time when I was teaching at Rama. The moment I pointed at somebody, something happened again. And that man was scheduled for heart surgery, bypass surgery. I didn't know it. I'd not met him. He was an older gentleman sitting in class. But he went and had himself checked after that. He said, when you pointed at me, I said, I didn't point at you. He said, yes, you did. You pointed right. I said, I, didn't, I don't know where you receded. I... He said, no, when you pointed at me, something hit me. He says, and I saw my healing. So when he went in and got checked the next week, and as far as I know, he's never had heart surgery, but they said he had the heart of a young person. Do you see what I'm talking about? Amen. It's not that you have to work something up. You just have to believe that you're son of God. You need to not share the, the newest wind of doctrine or the newest revelation that you have, the most, you know, something that you think no one else has ever heard before. Just tell them about Jesus. Amen? I heard uh, John Osteen uh, well, John Osteen and T.L. Osborne both would say the same thing. They said, the, the more you talk about Jesus, the more you'll see happen. Yeah. Amen? I literally believe that Jesus is walking amongst us right now. Yes. Amen. We're his body, is that right? I, I believe it. And he and his spirit, I mean, they're there to confirm the word. Is that right? With signs following. So why should that surprise us? It should be on a regular basis. And that's what you see in the book of Acts. How close am I to that? Uh, do we have a break coming up? Did I hear a bell a little while ago? How many minutes do I have? I have three minutes. Wow. All right, let me see. Am I giving you too many testimonies or am I... Uh, all right. I told you, you can get tired of it. But I haven't told you some of the greatest things I've seen. But I'm also going to tell you, I had very little idea of what I was doing. But I did believe. Uh, did I give you Matthew 22, 29? Jesus answered and said unto them, You are mistaken, not knowing the Scriptures, nor the power of God. The entrance of thy words giveth light. 
Mark chapter 5, verse 30. It says, And Jesus immediately, knowing in Himself that power... Everyone say power. power. Dunamis. He knew right away. Had gone out of Him. Turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched My clothes? Who touched My clothes? It's amazing. Amen. We as believers have great authority in this earth. Amen? Amen. Satan is actually afraid of you. I said he's afraid of you. Amen? Amen. But everyone else around you that's unsaved, they're bound by that same fear. All right? Now, where I'm going to go next here, I'm going to give you some examples of exousia, which is, what does that word mean? It means authority, but it means the right. What was our definition of dominion again? The right and the power to what? Govern and control. Okay? Now, that's not dominion. You don't have dominion over me, and I don't have dominion over you. Do you understand that? But we do have dominion over every work of darkness every evil work, every evil spirit, Satan himself, we have dominion over them in our lives. Is that right? We have dominion over sickness and disease. We have dominion over poverty. Amen. All right, we have those. All right. The word exousia, though, I'm going to show you that we have the right... Later on, I'm going to come back with uh, just teaching on the subject of the name, and I'm going to prove something to you beyond a shadow of a doubt. You'll never be able to doubt it again if you pay attention. Some things. I believe good teaching deals with doubt. When you remove all doubt on a subject, you can walk in victory. All right? For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163.